There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello, everybody. This is Tommy D., sports director at the Tennessean, and... Eric Backrack, who is beat writer for the Titans coverage, here with us, and we are talking Titans, the first podcast episode of the actual season where they play actual football games. Thank goodness. This week. Thank goodness. Yeah. Do you miss camp already? No, I don't miss camp. I don't miss the preseason. I don't miss standing out there at St. Thomas Sports Park when it's 95 degrees and, you know, sweating through my clothing every day. I won't miss that, Tommy. So if you had to choose between another day out there, like all day, uh-huh. at, at St. Thomas, right. and, or another game like being covering a preseason game like preseason game four. Right, that's which, a pick-your-poison type situation. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think I would probably sweat. I just, the game three and game four, I... You know, I was going chugging coffee, just doing anything to stay awake. Yeah, and game three at least should have had a little something because we had, had some something. starters on the field for a while. Right. We got to see. You know. I think that's the reason why game three for me goes down as it's it made a strong case for one of the most boring games I've ever covered. I think because there was some expectation of something and there yeah. was nothing. And the, and game four was just. I mean, sorry. I'm. I'm I respect all the guys who were out there. Realized they were fighting for roster spots, which right. we're about to talk about roster uh-huh. spots, but. I, there, there's no reason to subject human beings to watching it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can do that on the practice field, really, mm-hmm. against themselves and, and make very good decisions about who's a football player and who's not and who you want on that 53 and who you want on your practice squad and who you're, quite frankly, willing to let go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So so we have had a, a, a little bit in the, in the roster movement beyond – uh, and then there was a trade mm-hmm. uh, beyond the 53-man cut. So you want to start with that? It's kind of a little bit of a surprise. It is. It is a little bit of a surprise, although you know, not not entirely, because I, you know, I think Taylon Taylor, who was traded to the Cleveland Browns for a seventh-round pick, I think you know, it's it's obvious that he fell out of favor here in Tennessee after being drafted in the third round in 2017. Never really lived up to the promise, was inconsistent with, with catching balls. And now, you know, the funny thing is, is that he's on the other side and, you know, in week one it, and something happened. Yeah. And we actually talked about him and, and a, a little bit of a debate, whether he was a 53 man guy, right? Exactly. His performance in preseason didn't lend you to think just off what we know. And I wasn't at practice, but you were, but in the games, he was being treated as if he might not. Right. I mean, in, in game three of the preseason, he was out there you know, in absolute garbage time with the third strainers. And then you have guys like Darius Jennings coming back who had a good preseason. He's a guy that, you know, led the league in kickoff return yardage last year. Khalif Raymond, who made the 53-man roster, who, you know, as I mentioned last week, was the guy I was rooting for just because of sort of the preseason he had, you know, a guy that's been waived eight times in three years. Easy guy to root for, had a really strong preseason, fearless, undersized receiver, He's a guy that was making the most of his opportunities of, of all the balls thrown to him. Taewon Taylor was not. So, you know, it, it was obviously just surprising to see that he was dealt. Uh, any trade, you know, is a little bit of a surprise. But just given his status, if, you know. If that's a guy you were going to cut, then getting anything for him is good. And they got a seventh-round pick for him, which they had given up for Reggie Gilbert, a guy mm-hmm. they traded for from green bay an outside linebacker so essentially it really what it amounted to was reggie gilbert an outside linebacker where you need a position you need that position uh, as far as depth for the titans for taiwan taylor a guy that had fallen out of favor so you know at the end of the day pretty pretty 
Good job by John Robinson. So when you look at this with the cuts, let's let's just talk about this team. Yep. When you see the 53, and you see we should also talk about Jeffrey Simmons. There was some debate whether he would be on the 53. Right. He's on the non-football injury list, mm-hmm. which which means non-NFL football injury. Yeah, he, he got hurt before he was, you know. Or he was at, on the roster. Right, it was or in February. Was, January, yeah. Right. And Taylor Lewan's not one of the 53 because he's suspended, right. and he will become one of the 53 when he is unsuspended. Mm-hmm. But what do you th- what do you see when you see this 53? I see a pretty strong roster on the whole. You know, I, I think you know the the thing last year with the Titans was, and I think it's the thing this year is that there's nobody super flashy at any particular position. You know, you're going against a, a Cleveland Browns team that is full of flashiness. For the Titans, I think it's pretty pretty sound altogether. For me, the, the biggest areas of concern are the offensive line, especially these first four games without Taylor Lewan. The depth there, they got rid of Corey Levin, which was a stunner, to be honest, because he was the backup center. He was a guy that we even thought might factor into the starting lineup as the center moved Ben Jones over to right guard. That sort of assemblage of, of linemen seemed like it could make sense. It might be their best five guys out there. That's obviously out the window now that Corey Levin has been cut. He landed in Denver. So that that was really surprising. And the depth at offensive line, I think, you know, might be a question and, and might be a question that arises, let's say, if Dennis Kelly gets hurt or something like that, which would honestly be a disaster for the Titans in the first four weeks of the season without Taylor Lewan. And the other one is probably just the pass rush outside linebackers, which the Titans did well, as I just mentioned, to, to bring in Reggie Gilbert, a guy that sort of has their depth there. But, you know, you have questions as, as far as what you're going to get out of that group. You know, you didn't really lose a ton of production with Derek Morgan and Brian Arakpo retiring. Those guys were at the tail end of their careers last year, didn't have a ton of production left. But that's the one area that if, if the Titans could be good there, they could be great on the whole defensively, you know, beyond Howard Landry and Cameron Wake, you know, you know, those two guys are going to be good. You've got Sharif Finch and Kamala Correa, good depth pieces. But, you know, after that, I think there were questions. I think Titans did well to add Gilbert, but I still think that's, that's the one area on this defense where, you know, they, they have to show progress and they have to improve there. Yeah, that that is, and I'll do respect to the guys who are up there. There's nobody on the defensive front, front seven, that an opposing team looks at and says, "Oh my God, yep. we we got to really worry about that guy right. wrecking our backfield." I you think, know, I'm not you know, saying that nobody will ever get a sack, but mm-hmm. there are people in this league, you know, that you when you line up against them and you circle them and watch film, you say, "All right, we have to have a plan for that." Mm-hmm. I I agree. I think Harold Landry could develop into that type of player. He's not he's not quite there he yet. He hasn't done it yet. Right, he hasn't done it yet. Drell Casey Drell Casey's funny because he's, you know, not this monstrous, imposing, hulking figure like Jeffrey Simmons is. Simmons could absolutely develop into that type of player very quickly. But Casey is yeah, a he's a future they they are banking a, a good bit on him being that one day, but right. presuming he's he's a, he plays it all this season, it would be late without having real football work mm-hmm. for a long time so i don't think it would be this year that you thought would he be that you would expect him to be a disruptive force yeah and you know i don't want to take away anything from Darrell casey either he's a four-time pro bowler he just it, it's funny when you look at him next to jeffrey simmons and, and just how um how monstrous simmons is and, and you could just see sort of the way he moves for his size his potential is you know the titans just have to be sort of salivating at the thought of he looks like a first round guy yeah exactly he looks like a a top 10 top five talent just from the eye test alone so you know he's 
obviously not going to be the team for the first six weeks. But, you know, I think the thought that it was even out there that, you know, there was a shred of a chance that he might start the year on the 53-man roster is encouraging, as is everything we've seen from him in training camp in the preseason. We've seen him doing a lot of work on the side. Looks pretty good. Looks like a guy that, to me, will certainly be playing football for the Titans at some point this season. The question, obviously, is just when. Yeah, and then the one thing that if you like, if you're playing like guess the coach, looking at a roster, mm-hmm. so you're looking at Mike Mike Vrabel's New England ties mm-hmm. um, and the influence on. There's five tight ends on this team. Mm-hmm. There's like every you can't walk through the locker room without bumping into a tight end. And and the Patriots have always had like they would have a guy catch a touchdown pass you've never heard of in week six, mm-hmm. and they cut him, and another guy would come in in week seven, and he would catch a touchdown pass. Mike, I think I think the stat is Mike Vrabel has uh, – or, or Delaney Walker is the only player on the Titans roster with more touchdown catches than the head coach. I think Vrabel had like 10 or something. So wow. hopefully – Says a little bit about this receiver core that people are excited about, Correct. which we can, we can transition to now. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean – Basically, your tight ends is Delaney Walker and mm-hmm. fill in the blank, right? Because that other one's going to rotate depending on the the situation and what you want. But mm-hmm. because they're going to play a lot of two tights, that's yeah, for sure. For sure, that that's been their their calling card. I I do think we might see a little bit more eleven personnel out of them this year than in years past, just because they do on paper have a, a better receiving core than than they've had. But I do think you know this is ultimately a two tight end run the ball down your throat type type offense when things are going well uh and the, the you know the titans still have the, the makeup for that john smith last year really came on late so it was it was a shame for him to go down with a knee injury when he did i believe that was in december and then you've got guys like anthony first first and michael pruitt both guys that you know really had their moments last year Furkser was a guy that i think he caught his first 16 pass, passes of the season was just this ultra reliable if you throw him the ball you know he's going to catch it type guy Pruitt came through in a couple of big moments. So I think that yeah, Pruitt's the, a guy you pick off off somebody else's practice right. squad late in the season and was productive for you, which is far more than you expect. You're hoping to just get a, somebody who can line up at that point. Yeah, and then you're not sure if he's going to make the 53 man roster again this year, but he comes out, has a good preseason. I like does that just guy. that. I like that guy. I think he's got some potential. Yeah, I do too. I, I think he's, he's, you know, a really good fit here. And so, so I think the tight end depth is, is pretty good. As for the receivers, it you know it, it's interesting because it, it looks on paper to be like a, a unit that could really do well. It's it's not the Browns with Odell Beckham Jr. and, and Jarvis Landry at the top, but Corey Davis going into year three, I think you can expect another step forward. Probably this preseason, he spoke with more confidence, sort of walked with more confidence. What we know of practice and saw and, and that you saw in practice and what we saw in the the limited game action, mm-hmm. I mean, he looked like the real deal. Yeah, he looks like a guy that that could be a bona fide number one receiver and, and that's you know what a number five overall pick should be so the titans are, are banking on that then you have adam humphreys who you know i think his his floor is is really high as far as what to expect from him you know i think you could just know to ex- what to expect from him it's it's you know a lot of catches maybe won't lead the team in receiving yards you ideally that's Corey davis but you you just expect that mariota and humphreys connection to be sort of on display every single game so that's encouraging. And then, you know, you've got A.J. Brown, a second-round pick this year, who's, you know, missed some time early in camp, and, and that's valuable time for a rookie. But he's shown some really good strides here past couple of weeks of the preseason. So, you know, I think you have to be encouraged about him as well. So there's a game this week. There is. At Cleveland. Thank goodness. On Sunday. Uh-huh. At noon. 
at noon. It's the marquee uh, CBS game. You got Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call. And that's not because of the Titans, let's just be honest. That's correct. It's not at all because of the Titans. It's because of Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield and Cleveland being the, right. I won't say anointed, but the team that's on the spotlight is the, the team that people are saying is going to make a big leap. Mm-hmm. They made something of a leap last year, mm-hmm. um, and Baker Mayfield was the guy who fueled that, I think, overall. But if you really look at this team and what they've done in building it, a lot of it's on the other side of the ball. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily marquee stars. Mm-hmm. But Cleveland has quietly built a very good defense over about the last three off seasons. Yeah, you know, I think I think the biggest matchup, even more than the Browns' offense and wide receiver re- receivers versus the Titans' secondary, which is really good, is the Browns' defensive line versus the Titans' offensive line. You know, as we mentioned, Taylor Lewan won't be there. So, how does Dennis Kelly hold up against Miles Garrett? That's going to be that's a, a, that's a huge matchup that's a at Tennessee. Test. The Tennessee, uh, if they don't need to win it, they sure need to break even. If if that doesn't hold up well, this game won't be very good for Tennessee. Yeah, I was going through it last year, uh, last night, and there are their front four, which also this year includes Sheldon Richardson, Olivia Vernon, two really strong offseason mm-hmm. acquisitions. Obviously, those are guys that I think the combined foursome up there had thirty point five sacks going against. A Titans team that last year allowed Marcus Mario to be sacked a career high forty two times. So you know it's a recipe for something. Yeah, and and, and not a line great. that we saw in one preseason game give up seven sacks. Although some of those guys are no longer on the team. Give yeah, them up. but I some mean, of them are right. Some of them are. Some of them will be starting. Correct. And you know you you brought in Roger Saffold, a guard who you have really high hopes for. But you know we've seen him get bulldozed a couple times this preseason. And you know just speaking with. You know, some of the coaches the other day at the Titans facility, you know, they said that, yeah, that happened. But otherwise, he was, they looked pretty okay. So he's a guy that, you know, he, you expect a lot out of him. And this is why you bring him in because you're going against lines like the Browns defensive line. So I think that's going to be a really important part of the game because, I mean, if, if you can't protect Mariota, if you can't create lanes for Derrick Henry, if you're using two tights just for protection, right? So you only got two guys running yeah, all, routes. All the, all the sort of uh, playmakers, all those weapons, you know, they're nailed. Well, you know, Walker's not catching passes if he's helping block the the yeah, helping the left tackle block. Mario is running for his life, which was sort of their undoing last year. It was just it was really the interior of the offensive line. You know, I, I think Jack Conklin, right tackle, is a guy that has really looked strong this preseason, and that's encouraging. But you know, you've got Kevin Pomphile at right guard, a guy that you know is not um, you know a, a top tier right guard by any stretch. They just extended Ben Jones. His most valuable asset might just be familiarity and the fact that he's this ultra durable. I think he's started 16 games in five straight seasons, so you dependable that type of guy. But without Taylor Lewan, I, I just think that's going to be a really really big thing. Obviously, the first four weeks, but especially on Sunday. And then we got this running back guy. Yep. And he hasn't been seen for a long time around these parts, mm-hmm. at least with full pads on carrying a football against somebody trying to tackle him. Mm-hmm. So are we going to get the Derrick Henry at the end of last year? Are we going to get Derrick Henry at all? He is not. He is on the active roster. Right. What are your expectations of what we get, what Derrick Henry we see, if any, this first weekend? I, th- I think it's a healthy dose. I think it's probably around 20 carries or so which i i think he doesn't even start till 25 yeah <laughs> yeah i know exactly he that has to be the minimum 
you know, when he's all systems go. And, I, you know, I think he's there now. He didn't play in the fourth preseason game, but I, I didn't really think he would. Nor the first, second, or third. Correct. He, was, he wasn't even dressed for those. He was dressed for the fourth preseason game, which that alone was encouraging. So they know the pads fit. Correct. They know the, the pads uniform fit. size, jersey he good size. In it. And he's, he's a really big dude, so you know, no nailing that down is important. He's bigger than some of these pass rushers they've got. <laughs> The uh, the fun, it, it never gets old when you see Derrick Henry next to Deion Lewis. It looks like that movie with uh, Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. I can't remember. Yeah, I know uh, what you're saying. Twins. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's Bad what it looks like. people. Yeah, but th- that's what it looks like. It looks like the poster for that movie. It looks like a father and son, you know, suiting up for, I don't know. But, yeah, you know, I think they'll get a healthy dose of him on Sunday, and they really need to. They need to establish the run with Derrick, and it's it's hard to predict him going off like he did in December. Uh, you know, I think that's an unreasonable expectation. But, you know, as, as we spoke about last week, if he could give you 70 yards, 80 yards a game, plus you have Deion Lewis who will get a couple carries, would lose some damage just catching passes, you know, I think that, you know, could go a long way for the offense. Yeah, and uh, he, he is the essential cog because not only do you need a ground game, yep. you also need a play-action pass game because that, that is what they're built around. You're not – you're not going to see this Titans team go five wide a lot. Right. We, we saw them in game two of the preseason against the Patriots try to run tempo, mm-hmm. which was like run up to the line and right. get a snap off. And, largely unsuccessful. And it was, it did not move. The, you know, they, they're not built for that. Right. But can Derrick Henry do what Derrick Henry's capable of doing with this offensive line? We're talking about pass protection, but can this line really open up holes for him? Yeah, that's that's going to be the question. And they did they did last year. Not these guys. Not some of them. Right. It, it is. You know, although it, Kelly played really well late in the season when he was at right tackle. Right. So he was better than Conklin at that point because Conklin was injured. Yeah, and and, and was not what he'd been a couple of years ago. I think that's fair to say, don't you? For sure. Kelly uh, was by far the better of the two at the point he replaced him. It was the right move to make at the time. Not saying he's better. Right. From no, I, I think he paper. was better at the time, but all along. You know, Conklin had the higher ceiling, and I think right now he's kind of showing signs that he could push up against that ceiling. So, so we'll see how that plays out in an actual game. I think the tackles you feel okay about. Again, I you know I keep going back to Lawan and missing him and how big that is. It's really the interior of the offensive line with this group. Again, you bring in Saffold because that was such an issue last year. We'll see if Ben Jones holds up, and you hope. You really hope and a lot of Derek stuff has to happen between the tackles too. Right. Not all of it, but a lot of it. He's a lot not of a, it. He's not a scat back. Yeah, he's he's a guy that he's six three two forty seven. He's he's a guy that as you, as you mentioned before, you know, looks like a lineman. You know, I, I think it'll be really important to get him going, obviously, and I, I you know I think he will. It, it's hard to you know predict just because we haven't seen him in any capacity as as you know as far as live game situations this year uh, or this preseason, but. He looks healthy, healthy from from all indications. He's got to be their bell cow, as you said. He's got to be used, you know, even just to establish the play action. So, I, I, you know, I think it's it's reasonable to expect a really significant sort of workload for for Henry on Sunday. Yeah. So, uh, I guess the one thing we haven't talked about that we can touch on quickly is special teams. Mm-hmm. Do you feel pretty good there? Do you feel better about it than last year? Obviously, punter is not worth discussing, except to say that it's in very good hands and feet mm-hmm. that they. May have the best punter in the league, if not one of the very best. So, so I don't think that's an issue. Yeah, he's he's the unsung hero of this team for sure. Just the way Brett Kern sort of turns the field over. One of my favorite stats from last year was just the fact that he finished the season 
16 for 16 as far as pinning the ball inside the 20. That's that's just so valuable. So he's you know an absolute ace. I think Ryan Suckup you feel good about. He's coming it's off the return game that we're about to get to. Though. Yeah, it's the return game. Darius Suckup Jennings. Suckup was a dependable kicker. Yep. And they got him back after injury, which you don't want to have an injured kicker or but he, he's looked or good. last minute replacement guy that got cut somewhere because he's not good enough. Yeah, he, Suckup has looked good coming back from from knee surgery on that kicking leg this preseason. It is sort of the return game, and on one side, you know, kickoff returns. Darius Jennings led the league last year. You're you're pretty confident and, and feel good about that. It's really the the punt returning. You know, that gave a lot of Titans fans headaches last year. The good news is this year is that you've got Adam Humphreys, who right now is number one on the depth chart as far as punt returning. We assume he's going to have that role, right? Yeah, yeah. Mike Vrabel has said that Humphreys and Adoree Jackson, who got the, the bulk load of, of the punt return duties last year, will both factor in there. But Humphreys is, is number one on the depth chart. He's the safer choice as far as who you want to put back there especially i think when you're pinned first he's gonna catch the ball yeah he's he's safe he's dependable he's gonna catch the ball and And he's gonna run forward right and a lot of guys don't do they don't do that and i I think he's a guy that you really trust his judgment especially when you're sort of right up against the end zone and sort of pinned back there he's a guy that you know you, you have to feel pretty good about as far as the decision he's gonna make Dory Jackson, every time he goes back there and it's, you know, near the 20, you just, you don't know what you're going to get. He's made a lot of poor judgment calls. Some, Trying to catch balls inside the five, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The it, stuff you don't want, that's fundamental. Put your heels on the 10 and, right. you know, or eight or wherever it is, they tell you to put your heels and if it goes over your head, it just goes over your head. Yeah. It's, it's a headache for Titans fans every time he's back there. So And, and starting in one direction and taking a notion that, wow, if I run all the way across the field and go backwards, I'll get around all those people, and there'll be a hole over there. Mm-hmm. Doesn't usually work out very well. Yeah, Humphreys has a lot of experience doing it, so I think make, having yeah, him. What this is about is make the first guy miss and see if there's something after that. Yeah, and, and honestly, if you could average you, just no mistakes, I, and I think Titans yeah. fans would take that, you know, because they didn't have a whole lot of explosive plays from their punt returners last year, but they had a lot of sort of muffs, a lot of poor judgment calls. If you could just erase that, I think that's – you know, a, a massive improvement for the special teams unit. So what's going to happen in Cleveland? I guess we, we need to make our pick. We do. We need to break it down, and uh, and that will close this edition of uh, Talking Titans. So Eric Bacharach, who's going to win and how? For the record, I'll just go ahead and say that last year, Joe Rexford, who, who did this with me, I think the two of us, I don't remember the exact number of games, but I believe just straight up we were wrong, the two of us, for either the first six or seven weeks which is really hard to do. You know, it's hard to even, you know, guess those right, let alone guess those wrong when we're trying to be correct. So that was an impressive streak of, of just being wrong. So I just want to throw that out there before we, we state our picks. I'm saying Browns 24, Titans 20. I think the Titans cover the spread. I think the which hype... Is at five and a half as we speak. Yeah, I, I think the hype is pretty real. You know, I, I don't think the Browns are Super Bowl contenders. I think they're certainly contenders for... The AFC North, I just think their defensive front proves to be too much. I think it'll be really fun to sort of see this Titans secondary, which is one of the better units in the league, go against Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Taewon Taylor. That'll be uh, an interesting storyline that, that plays out. I just think they're a bit too too much in those two facets for the Titans. I, I really think the big thing is the Browns' defensive front against the Titans' offensive line without Taylor Lewan. 
think you're right, exactly right, except that I think it's going to be not as close as you mm, think it's okay. going to be. I'm thinking more like 27-17 okay. Browns. Um, I just don't think this Titans team, as I see it right now, looks season ready, mm-hmm. partly mainly because of the offensive line. Right. Now, maybe seeing Derrick Henry out there live changes so much. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's that's about field position. That's about time of possession when you're playing that kind of football. That's about setting up your play-action pass. And that's also about being able to move the ball on the ground and, and – you know, manipulate the defense how you want to so that you may get a big play in the pass game here or there off that play action. Mm-hmm. And I'm not confident they can do that without better blocking than what I've seen and what I suspect they are. I agree. I, I think that's that's going to be the big storyline from this game. You know, I think, you know, as you were just talking about, I think Derrick Henry can absolutely just shift, take over a game as he did in December. I just think it's going to be hard with with the way the offensive line is now versus that defensive front, but we'll see. We'll we'll see if you know nobody really saw 238 yards uh, and four rushing touchdowns coming against the Jaguars when it did last year. So we'll see if if Derrick Henry has some more magic up his sleeve. So I mean, let me throw a couple of things at you that you have no way to be prepared for, which okay. is the best way to do it. Uh-huh. How how many 300 yard passing games for Mariota this year for Marcus Mariota? Not many. I'm uh, saying zero. Yeah, I might. I would have to look at the schedule and see like what could be a shootout. Maybe I, I would say Don't they play the Chiefs. They play the Chiefs. They play the Saints. Saints have a good defense. Yeah, Chiefs maybe not so much. We'll see. Some people think they're it's going to be miraculously better. I'm not one of those people. I'll say two because he's he's good for just a, a kind of out of nowhere, light it up type game every once in a while. He had a couple of those last year. You know, you would you would like to see him getting that with with more consistency but this is a a passing offense that last year was 29th in the league with 189 or something like that yards passing per game it's it's that's not the strength of their team it's not the so strength there's a of a lot Mariota. of fantasy football t- leagues where Marcus Mariota is not on anybody's bench or starting although he's probably in your 16 team possibly so I've he might be in that league that. yeah but that's the exception yeah, yeah you know I, I think those games are going to be uh, anomalies really rare. I, I think he'll get maybe a couple. Okay, what's the under over? How how many games does Tannehill start either due to injury or performance? Mm. They didn't bring him. I know they didn't bring him in to be the starter, right? But they also brought him in because Mariota hasn't been able mm-hmm. to get through a whole season durability wise lately. I think I'm going to say Tanny Hill's got a great track record in that regard himself. Right. You know, he's not, he's not, uh, he's not that I, I'll say three. I was going four. Okay. You know, I, I think at least two to, to injury. And I think that the play could be a factor at some point. And if that's the case, it, it could obviously be a lot more than three or four, but I don't want to, I, I don't want to go out on a limb and say that uh, it's, he's going to play six games for them or something like that. I, I think it'll be three. I think, you could expect Mariota just based off history, off his track record, to miss at least one game, probably two. And last year, I, I think it was three starts that he missed. So, I, you know, I think three is a good number. I think four is, you know, a good number, too. Okay, two more things. Uh, okay. Just, again, where these are all completely out of left field for you, but mm-hmm. I made them up as we were sitting here. So, Shoot. so offensive and defensive MVP, uh, if you had to guess who that will be when all is said and done at the end of this season mm-hmm. for the Titans, who do you – you choose each way. I think if you're the Titans, you pray it's Harold Landry. 
makes sense. To me, he's he's the guy that that needs to step up. I I think it like if I had to put you know put money on, it, I'd probably say Kevin Byard. I think he's just a guy that produces. That's the leader of this defense. That you know has led the league in interceptions the past couple of years. Uh, Jarrell Casey's a strong candidate for that too. But I, I think I really do think sort of everything is aligned for for Harold Landry to 4.5 sacks this year. I, I think he's got to hit double digit sacks this year, and I think sort of the stars are aligned for him to do that if he's up to the task. So I'll go out on him a little bit and say Harold Landry. And I think offense, you know, I don't, I don't know how you don't say Derrick Henry. I mean, I think he's got to be. That's also a you better hope if you're a Tigers Right, fan. that's true too because we saw. It means things have gone well and that the offense you've designed is actually working. Right, yeah. You know, I think he's a guy that there were signs last year, even before the breakout, that he was starting to, to put it together. He was averaging probably close to five yards a carry in the lead-up in the, in the couple of games leading up to the Jaguars yeah, game. And as you mentioned, nobody's expecting him to go out and run for 200-whatever yards like he did against Jacksonville and have a 99-yard run every other game. Right. But what they need for him to have is a 4.9 to 5.2 yards a carry yep. that you can pretty much depend on. Mm-hmm. And if he does that, I think he's the MVP because, again, this is an offense that is sort of predicated on the success of the running back. Uh, and if he could be that bell cow for them, you know, I think the offense has a chance to be good. So I think he's, he's if, if everything's working well, he's the MVP. Okay, I will go by myself on, on defense. Mm-hmm. I just think I think he earns the money that, that they have given him, right. that he's been earning and proving it, that, that he's that level of defensive player. And I think he's a real deal, quite frankly. I think every team – I don't think there's a team in this league that wouldn't be happy to have him tomorrow. Oh, for sure. And, he, and also, you know, the, the thing that you can't overlook is just the leadership aspect of what he does in the locker room on that defense just sort of as as the quarterback back there yeah and he's an, an elite player he's not he's not one of those who he's I mean, he, he backs it up yeah you, know, yeah, you watch him talent. play and you see why he's that good right he he absolutely if if there's a guy um you know on this team that you're gonna make the highest paid at his position and uh, it's not punter right and it's not taylor lewan who they right. did that with last year it's Bayard. right yeah Okay, and, and I'm also going to go Derrick Henry, although I thought a lot about Corey Davis because I think he's probably going to get more of the lion's share of the catches than, mm-hmm. than maybe people project. I think Adam Humphrey will get a lot of five-yard, four-yard type catches that will turn into sixes and sevens and eights, but not 20s and 30s. But I, I think Corey Davis just keeps getting better. I really mm-hmm. think he's a wide receiver one in this league, which I don't think you could have said with a lot of confidence last year, although True. you saw part saw it at times. Right. But I think he's going to be – but he's not going to have the kind of season that makes you forget about Derrick Henry. True. I agree with all that. Okay. Well, that is it for Talking Titans this week. We'll also have an addition where we're picking every NFL game against the line. So if you're a degenerate gambler or just an interested observer uh, and wants to know how Eric and I see the games – you can listen to that. You can download us and uh, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And we encourage you to subscribe to Tennessean.com online to cover to follow all of our coverage of the Tennessee Titans. Talkin' Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talkin' Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talkin' Titans is a production of the Tennessean.